Welcome, everybody, and thanks for joining us on episode 50 of Health Talk with Dr. Kel. Woohoo! I'm Nikki Sterner, and today begins a series on what is disease. The medical definition of disease is an illness or sickness characterized by specific signs and symptoms. The natural definition of disease is when the body is no longer in a state of health, balance, or feeling well. When you're diagnosed with a disease, you may feel relieved to know what it is. Then you may be wondering how to fix it. The medical path may be to get a prescription. The natural path may be to remove what is toxic and provide the body with what it needs to heal. The natural definition feels more empowering and gives us hope that we can fix what is out of balance. Welcome everybody to Health Talk with Dr. Kell. I'm Nikki Sterner and today is podcast number 50. Woohoo! I want to welcome Dr. Kell to the show. Hi, Dr. Kell. Hi, Nikki. And happy today, 50. <laughs> yeah, happy 50. Woo! What is What are we covering today, Dr. Kell, in our special 50th podcast? Today, we're going to talk about the definition of disease and what that definition means in relation to Western medicine and what it means from a more holistic or natural approach to health. And they're not the same. Oh, interesting. Before we get into that, let's do the quote of the day. Okay. Okay. You must put your head into the lion's mouth if the performance is to be a success. By Winston Churchill. Now, what do you think of Dr. Kell when you hear that? I think that's very fitting based on what we're soon to cover in, our, in today's podcast and many to come. Because I, I feel like as a natural health care provider. I've always felt like I've been on the fringe of health care in the United States. And Western medicine has is like a big, huge lion that sits there waiting to eat anyone or everyone who tries to claim what they're doing isn't quite right. And okay. so, yes, we're jumping into the lion's mouth today. Uh, yes. And not about trying to destroy Western medicine in any way. There are so many good things that medicine uh, has uh, come up with uh, throughout the centuries, great progress, uh, many benefits, yes. but not everything's perfect and many things can be improved. And so we're wanting to help people understand and know the differences, what other alternative ways of treatment there are out there available to them. Yeah, it's almost like there can't just be one lion, you know, there's more to it. So just not just the medical, add in the natural as well. Why not try things without side effects? Yeah, rather, you know? rather than having the lion always trying to eat us, it'd be nice if we could just work together. And <laughs> uh, get along. <laughs> um, just get along, you know, we're the, to me, we're the lamb, we're, we're the little lamb pouncing around, having a good time, enjoying life, and along comes the lion and eats us. And, uh, you know, so let's hope we can, uh, with, with, with what we're going to discuss in the, in the next few podcasts, uh, that can help with that problem. Yes. At least give people a, a, an understanding that, that uh, we're of benefit to them and can be of benefit to them without uh, destroying their understanding of what they've been taught all their lives about how the body works related to Western medicine and the way they eat and on and on and on. Yes. Okay, what is disease? 
What is disease? The word disease. Okay, in Western medicine, disease is a group of symptoms. At least my understanding of Western disease. That's the definition I've always understood. What uh, I was taught in school is in uh, chiropractic college, as well as in many seminars I've been to, seems like it's always kind of a little bit of a discussion because we're taking a natural health care perspective as opposed to a Western medicine perspective. We're looking at ways that the body can heal itself. Whereas in Western medicine, what was done many, many, many years ago is the medical community thought, okay, what we need to do, uh, it, and if you go back and really look at the history and how it's developed over the centuries and how it's developed in, in our modern age, it's interesting to me how you have the pharmaceutical companies and uh, not going to name names or people, but very wealthy people in the world were the ones that began creating the pharmaceutical companies. And we can look at human beings from this perspective. Let's see, someone walks into your office and he, this person has a group of symptoms and they have 10 different symptoms. Or, and then another person walks in and they have five symptoms and another person walks in on and on and on. So you have all this, all these people coming in with all these different symptoms, right? And mm -hmm. so the medical community, the scientists got together and said, okay, let's see, these five people out of the, we're going to take these 10 symptoms or 20 symptoms and uh, anybody who comes in and, and sees the doctor and they have 10 of the 20 symptoms, we're going to say they have this disease uh, and that so on and so forth, and that's how we've come up with all these diseases, and that and that's how you're categorized when you walk into a doctor's office, medical doctor's office, and he begins to take your history and and your current symptoms and and you know runs tests, comes back and the end result is this list of of symptoms you have. So then he looks at his uh, either he knows right away or he goes and takes a look and decides, okay, you've got this disease. And oftentimes people get misdiagnosed, and I'm sure you've met people that have been misdiagnosed, because mm -hmm. oftentimes those symptoms overlap. And then in time they, they learn, oh, some other symptoms pop up, and so maybe they say, oh, wait, no, you don't have this disease, you've got this disease. And so then the drug companies have said, okay, we have 10, 10 of these symptoms, uh, that are very common to a given disease, given disorder. And those, uh, we've discovered that, uh, for instance, let's say you've got high cholesterol. Okay. And so cholesterol is created in the liver. And when you go in and get a test, by the way, if, if you look back in time, uh, and connected to both uh, blood pressure as well as uh, cholesterol and and those are billion-dollar industries, by the way, cholesterol meds and, and uh, heart meds, blood pressure meds. It's a huge industry. But mm. the, the, the whole perspective is let's, let's cover up those symptoms. Oh, you got high cholesterol? Let's lower your cholesterol. Well, how do, they, how do these cholesterol-lowering drugs work? They, they inhibit the production of cholesterol in the liver. Because when you eat cholesterol, for years and years and years, I remember as a kid, you know, oh, eggs are causing high cholesterol. Uh, you know, don't eat so many eggs. Now, uh, more and more research as time's gone on has shown that 
it's not the cholesterol you eat that increases your cholesterol in your bloodstream. It's the production of cholesterol in the liver. So your body's breaking it all down and reconstituting it in the liver. And there's a reason the body is making more cholesterol. That, at least from my understanding, is pretty much ignored by the medical community. They don't really think about why, is, why are you so much, and they don't teach people so much about how to lower their cholesterol naturally or or even not even that direction. It's why is your body, why is your liver producing more cholesterol? Something's going on inside your body that's causing the increase in cholesterol. Mm. Well, from a medical perspective, it's let's give you the cholesterol drug. It's easy. We've developed these drugs to inhibit the liver from making more cholesterol because we believe cholesterol is bad. Well, guess what? I disagree with that. You need a certain amount of cholesterol in your system. And to me, if, if I go in and I get a test and I have high cholesterol, that triggers back to me that something else is going on in my system that's not right. Something's mm-hmm. not working correctly. And I need to go figure out what that thing is. And most likely it's tied to your gut and the function of your microbiome and on and on and on. Anyway, we'll get into more detail in future podcasts about those kinds of things. But from a medical perspective, a disease is a group of symptoms and a label. Okay, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. From a natural perspective, we take the word disease and break it down into two words, or sort of two words, the word dis and the word ease, dis-ease. So basically, you no longer are in a state of health because you're not, you don't feel well anymore. So when you think of dis-ease, you're you're uncomfortable, right? You're no longer in a state of balance. You're no longer in a state of feeling well. You're in a state of dis-ease. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So that's more the natural perspective that something's going on. Something's, like we've talked about in the last few podcasts, about uh, signs and symptoms that your body's telling you to, to recognize something's going on in your body that isn't right and telling you you need to do something about it and helping you recognize what those are. That's what those last four podcasts were on. So what we're talking about is that dis-ease has, has occurred. Okay, you just have to recognize it and then learn what to do about it. What you're going to get from Western medicine is drugs that will cover up those symptoms. Now, I'm, I'm not going to say that the medical community doesn't search for cures. The, in fact, they can say all kinds of things that uh, naturalists or people that create supplements and, and promote natural healing can't say. We can't make any claims. It's against the law for anybody to claim they can cure cancer unless it's an approved treatment here in the United States by the FDA, etc., etc. All that has to be approved. And if you use the word that I have a cure for cancer, you can go to jail and lose your license, etc., etc. So that's why so many of these groups, like uh, the Gershans, out of San Diego, the Gershon treatment for cancer, they have they have a facility in, in San Diego, but their clinic where people receive treatment is in Tijuana, Mexico, because it's illegal for them to, to do these things in the United States. And they've been around for years. So to me, it's one of my favorite ones because they uh, have been around for years. They've survived the test of time, you might say, yeah. and uh, have, you know, but like anything else, does it work for everybody? No. Uh, some people are too far gone. Some people have, uh, we're not going to go deep into that. We will do segments on cancer in the future and give you the medical and the, and the natural. We'll have discussions on those. 
mm-hmm. means of therapy. Uh, we don't treat cancer, and we're not claiming we treat cancer in any way, So, but we're going to discuss it. Back to talking about the definitions of disease. Uh, we're going to get into, in the future podcasts, about, uh, well, for, for example, did you know, Nikki, that there's over 80, now, again, this is the medical definition of disease, there are over 80 autoimmune diseases. Wow. Separate ones, labeled separately, and of course, there's uh, several, you know, out of those 80, there's a few that are very, are much more common than others, but, and we'll kind of talk about some of those as we go along, but that's huge. Think about it. And, and more and more research is proving that a lot of these autoimmune disorders, and basically what it is, is your immune system has become overactive and your your immune system is seeing parts of your own body as, as foreign objects and cause it basically starting to destroy that, whether it's your joints or your nervous system, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Different mm-hmm. ones tend to target different organ systems in the body. Everything from your brain to your nerve tissue to your heart and lungs and joints and skin and and muscles, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all become targets of your immune system. So instead of helping you stay alive, it, it's destroying you from the inside out. So we'll get more into those kinds of things and... We always, anytime anybody comes into our clinic with an autoimmune disorder, we always look at the gut first, always, because it's always tied back to that. It's always tied back to the function of your gut, your your microbiome, the food you're eating, uh, the things you're exposed to. Sometimes, you know, like in your case, in your history, you've been exposed to things like mold, and and uh, mm. so there are environmental factors tied to those autoimmune disorders as well. But uh, yeah. there's, there's many things people can do naturally for these kinds of problems. Uh, most people with those kinds of disorders are connected to uh, or have those conditions, and they give them pain in some way, right? They're, they're dealing with pain, and that's usually what leads them to seek help. They do, yes. Or they have, uh, well, we're not going to get into that today. We're going to do more as time goes on and get into specific more specifics about it. I just wanted to do a general podcast today, giving you the idea of what's coming up and what we're going to talk about. Uh, did you have any questions related to what we've discussed so far, Nikki? Um, so it sounds like the Western definition for disease is like a group of symptoms, and they're looking to like fix your symptoms with a prescription versus the natural perspective is you're no longer in a state of health. When you have disease because it's dis-ease you're not feeling well and so you're trying to recognize and learn what to do about it and make changes um that's basically what i got from the two different definitions of disease yes that's really what it comes down to the direction the philosophy the perspective of western medicine we have a little more time here I, kind of want to go into, we're, we're not conspirators here. We, we don't look for conspiracy theories or imagine that, uh, you know, these groups are all working together for the ultimate goal to achieve this thing or other. But it is a bit ironic. When I look at the way things work, it's easy to become a conspiracy theorist from a viewpoint of the medical system. And, and, I, and I'll bring that up. I, I find it fascinating 
when we look at how our system in America works. Because it all works together and it's a fine-tuned engine. Uh, unfortunately, that engine is not about benefiting the human being and the human being's health. It's about putting money in the pocket of people who are very wealthy. And if you want to call that a conspiracy, up to you. My, my point being is it, it all works together. It's just kind of funny how it does. But look at, look at what's going on here in, in the United States. And, oh, by the way, I read recently, and it, it uh, horrible thing going on in Ukraine, of course. We're all aware of, of Russia's invasion and, and all think it's a horrible thing. Uh, but one light in the tunnel that I noticed the other day, they said McDonald's and, and other fast food restaurants are pulling out of Russia. I thought, wow, great for the Russians. <laughs> they're yeah. not going to eat that crap anymore. Right. <laughs> they're, they're not taking on the Western diet, which is going to make them more ill. So yeah. anyway, uh, if you look at the United States, we are entrenched with advertising from the time we're small to go eat fast food, to get things quickly, to eat processed foods. More money is made. It, it is good for, in one perspective, though I think the economy could do well in other ways, uh, to keep the money moving. Uh, when we go spend money on fast food, you know, it gives people jobs, it keeps people employed. Uh, but I think there, <laughs> we could figure out better ways to keep people employed and run the economy. Europe is doing better, Asia is doing better than we are from a health perspective and eating better foods and having better diets. Uh, unfortunately, they're adopting the uh, Western diet. And ironic how we promote, you know, commercialism promotes the Western diet throughout the world. And if you look at it from my perspective, I just find it funny how the Western diet damages your body. It disrupts your, your gut flora. It causes dysfunction of your organ systems. The, the alcohol does this. The coffee does this. The caffeine in coffee damages you. The, uh, everybody drinks coffee. The, everybody has alcohol now and then. Those things are damaged. The sugar is damaging to your system. And we all, all these things are promoted. Buy more and more. Use more and more. Consume more and more. With very little thought or discussion on what it's doing to the human body. So then you're eating this crappy diet and you start having health problems. Well, what does that do? That gets you to go to the doctor. And the doctor gets to look at those symptoms and say, hmm, okay, you have high cholesterol. You have a heart murmur. You have high blood pressure. Oh, here's your drug. Because of, of promotion of the Western diet and everybody following it, sends more people to the doctor and to the hospital. Yep. In turn, more medications. Well, I didn't. I hate the word medication in that sense because it's. Well, although it works, it's medicating you. It's making you unaware of what's really going on in your body. So, uh, it's medicating you in that way. Uh, it's not fixing you. It's just covering up those symptoms. So you take that those drugs. So now you support the drug company. You supported the medical doctor. You supported the drug company, and you supported the crappy food industry, and. The money keeps moving. People keep working. Uh, uh, granted, it gives people jobs. It does. And, and we have to have an economy where people are able to work and sustain themselves. Even industry uh, is based on that. You know, look at all the pollution uh, over the past many years. You know, the ecologists and all that stuff have fought to get uh, the, the toxins out of the fumes coming out of all of our manufacturing plants. And, and things have been improved there, but there's still lots of stuff. You know, think of all the stuff in the 
in the 70s and 80s and 90s and beyond to today where they even today they find new things where there's a huge amount of pollution you know the fracking causing pollution in the groundwater the on and on and on you get where i'm going here the, the cycle all works together to keep people going to the doctor and and buying more med, more drugs you know right uh, mm-hmm. and you know i i look at older people today i find it very interesting how we see our retirement homes here in the United States. You know, the, the medical community, the drug industry has figured out how to keep people alive uh, longer. Uh, for instance, my father probably, I, I would bet he probably survived an extra five, six years because of Coumadin uh, and uh, mm. other drugs that he was on. Was he in a physical uh, happy state? No. Uh, could he do much with his life? No. I uh, couldn't couldn't uh, got to where he really even couldn't uh, take walks anymore, uh, mm. even going a few times around the block, because his energy levels dropped and dropped and dropped. His vascular system was worse and worse. My point being is, a lot of people we prolong people's lives, but their suffering goes on and on and on, and yeah. so people endure in their older ages. They live longer, but they suffer longer. And, yeah. and I don't get that. I really. I, I don't really understand that philosophy. We get people are so entrenched with uh, oh the other thing that perturbs me too about the medical community. I guess today's podcast is about running down things, <laughs> um, but I get so frustrated with the, the, the idea of uh, how we are so intent about keeping people alive longer that we lose out on caring about the quality. And we're we're you know I I always love it when in all these. You know, my wife and I, we, we like to watch the uh, medical shows, the hospital shows and stuff like that, I suppose, because of the drama, the intensity at times. But sometimes we laugh at them. Sometimes we cry about what they talk about and do. But I always love it when they say, we saved somebody. We saved a life. And from my perspective, nobody saves anybody's life. They, prolo- they may have prolonged their life. They get to stay on the earth a little longer. They didn't mm-hmm. save them. They, they're not saved because eventually they're going to die no matter what. And and that's mm-hmm. my perspective. I don't know how you feel about it, but I just feel like it's it's basically the misuse of a word. And they're not really saving anybody, but it sounds dramatic and it sounds wonderful and, and they get to feel good about it. Um, <laughs> but uh, saving somebody only to for them to exist in a state of, of misery... Uh, for the next many years of their life, to me, makes no sense at all. Of course, I have a perspective on our eternal existence that is different maybe from others in, in the sense that, you know, I can, I can see from a perspective of someone who has no belief that there's anything beyond this life, that mm-hmm. our existence is over. I can see from that perspective you'd want to stay here for a long time and, and fight and fight and fight to be here as long as you possibly can because when you die there's nothing so suffering from that perspective would be better than non-existent no existence whatsoever i suppose mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, from my perspective since life does go on we do continue to exist and and time will tell what form that will be uh, depending on your religion and, and what will ultimately actually happen you know in the eons of time but from my perspective it's, if i got to live in a state of chronic suffering and pain and agony in in that sense i can see where okay medicate the heck out of me get me give me that dr- that painkiller so i'm not in pain but guess what yeah, get, 
comfortable. But guess what? If if that's the way I have to live, I'm good Not with moving on. I, yeah. I, I, my time at Disneyland isn't fun anymore. And yeah. it's not enjoyable anymore, so why wouldn't I uh, want to move on? I don't see the point of, of being miserable, being a benefit. Maybe temporary difficulty and misery is, is beneficial to us, but just recognizing that all I'm going to do is be miserable until everything quits completely working. Um, but I got to keep doing that because I don't get that perspective. And, and some people at certain religions would think I'm wrong or, or say that... Uh, we believe too, even though you know we know where there's a God and, and our spirit continues. We still got to fight to exist, no matter what. Uh, I disagree. What's your perspective here as we close? I was thinking about how you were talking about the Western diet and how it sends people to the hospital. They get more medications and how it's kind of a cycle. And I was thinking back to like um, like people before we had the fast food, they were healthier right? Because they were living a simpler... Oh, yes. Not as many people needed to go to the doctor then. Right. Way simpler food system and not as many preservatives and chemicals in our foods and the simplicity of... And that's what a lot of the like paleo diets and that kind of thing try to get back to is like our ancestors and, you know, meat and vegetables and fruits and nuts and seeds and simple and keeping the processed foods, the junk, the big company food productions out of our houses, which is hard because we have well, to fast. I find it. Now. I agree with you on that, but I find it funny how even with the paleo diet, everybody com- eventually commercializes it. You know, now we're selling processed foods for that. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Because um, because people want. I mean, people want quick, simple. easy. Yes. Food today. It unfortunately so, it does take more time, right? It does take more time, but I mean, better options are better options, but at at some point you do have to go back to the simple foods to be healthy. Well, it's like uh, Ocean Bay Naturals created an all-natural and organic deodorant, but not to get off topic, but just to make a quick point, um, Mm -hmm. talking to my daughter-in-law, you know, a lot of people have used it and and are using it and are buying it and like it, Uh, but people understand who use natural deodorants that, so you smell okay, you don't stink, and you have those that uh, reduce sweating. And, uh, you know, I get people complaining like, I don't want to sweat. No matter what, I don't want to sweat because I don't want to feel wet. Okay, great, but you understand sweating is actually healthy for you, so you need to sweat. Well, I don't care, (laughs) you know. And somebody else says, you know what, I I find that um, because of uh, of me and and what I eat and and how I am, I, I find your deodorant maybe... That deodorant maybe only lasts six, eight hours, and and I need it to go for 15, whatever it might be. Uh, And so i got to reapply it. I'm like, great, reapply it. They're like, no, just it's just a hassle to have to reapply. Oh, you don't have 30 seconds to (laughs) go grab it and put some more on? That's what I'm talking about. You know, same thing with preparing food. Uh, And a lot of people say, oh, I can't eat organic or I can't buy those things because those foods are more expensive. Guess what? Sometimes they're not that much more expensive. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I even found them cheaper. And most of the time, all the time, I would say on the long run, it's cheaper. Your health care costs are going to go down. Your need to see the doctor is going to be less. There's just many advantages to to eating that way. And and it's a small, the, the little extra effort required to to eat that way 
is not that significant when you look at the overall long-term benefits. You got to slow down your life a little bit at times and, and decide really what matters and what's important. And it's not just making a buck. Right. Yeah. Yes. Well, I think that is a great wrap up on the topic today. And I'm looking forward to getting into specific diseases and autoimmune conditions and cancer and there's a lot that we can cover with this, Dr. Kell. Yes, there'll be several podcasts coming up on, on all these things, and, and I hope uh, people find it interesting and, and enlightening because we always take a natural perspective and search for the natural ways that, uh, again, the philosophy, uh, our philosophy is uh, uh, the body has the ability to heal itself, just remove the interference and supply it with what it needs to do that, and it, and it can. Yes. So thanks for listening, everyone. You know, we drop our podcasts every Tuesday. Tag a friend, take a, fa- take a family member, let them know what's going on. Um, this may help them. And if you have any questions, you can email us at healthtalkwithdrkell at gmail.com. And that's D-R-K-E-L-L. Um, also, if you need standard process supplements, the website is holistichealth.standardprocess.com to order at a discounted rate. And also thanks to our sponsor, Ocean Bay Naturals, for the wonderful products that they're putting out, um, natural and healing for the skin. And they work. They really do. So anything else, Dr. Kell? You've covered it. All right. Thank you, Nikki, for your help and for being such a great host. Or, host, <laughs> or do we don't say hostess anymore, do we? Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yes. Well, thanks, everybody. And thanks, Dr. Kell, Professor Kell here every week (laughs) i enjoy it and i hope people are getting something out of it that's all that really matters to me it's worth the time and the effort to share what i know and and uh, thanks for listening all right thanks everybody have a great week bye-bye bye-bye while we make every effort to broadcast correct information we are still learning we will double check all facts but realize that medicine is a constantly changing science and art One doctor may have a different way of doing things from another. We are simply presenting our views on how to live a healthy lifestyle that will be as evidence-based as possible. We welcome any comments, suggestions, or corrections of errors. We take no money from drug or device companies. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others, including but not limited to patients that you are treating. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast. Under no circumstances shall Dr. Kel Fullerton or any guests or any contributors to the podcast or any employees, associates, or affiliates of Dr. Kel Fullerton be responsible for damages arising from use of this podcast. This blog should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis of expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on this podcast. Our website, blog, and podcasts are all HIPAA compliant. While you may give your email address to subscribe to the website posts or to post information on the website blog, we will never share your email address or contact information with any third parties without your explicit permission. 
The contents of Health Talk with Dr. Kell podcast and the show notes are all copyrighted. All blog posts, podcasts, and show notes that are distributed to the public for free can be redistributed via hard copy or electronic copy for free only if Health Talk with Dr. Kell is included as the acknowledged author within the actual media that is being redistributed. The Health Talk with Dr. Kell podcast is a production of The Orange Stack with executive producers Dr. Kell Fullerton and Eric Hammond and hosts Nikki Sterling.